We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everyone, to the newest edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast. We're talking NFL over-under win totals for every single NFL team this upcoming season. Of course, Jake and I have done this now. I think this is the third consecutive year that we've had this podcast as we await the start of the regular season. We've done pretty well in terms of guessing over-unders. At least you had said it. We're at least betting the uh, – we're at least We're beating, beating the Vegas. We're, be- we're, be- yeah. we're beating Vegas a little bit. We're a couple over 500. Um, you know, we've got better every year. I mean, last year's best bets, I think we each won at least two out of three or went three for three. Oh, I think we only lost two. I think we were like eight and two or uh, yeah. something to that effect. Devoted listeners can go ahead and go back over the past two years and find mm-hmm. our actual over-under win totals and everything else. But I think we are – safely above positive and certainly from a best bets perspective looking real good don't you worry we have some good best bets coming up as well uh tackling in all the over-unders you can argue fantasy value with that stuff and i'm sure we will we'll talk yeah we'll, we'll work it schedules. into the conversation a lot of it's going to deal right. with our outlook on how a player is relative to you know the consensus and uh, that's how we find value on these bets anyway so a lot of it definitely ties into the fantasy football i was gonna landscape. say and, and if not if you, if you just only care about the gambling aspect and, and you don't care at all about that gambling aspect that's totally fine Next week, we have our week zero. I got college football on my mind. We have our yeah, week yeah, yeah. zero waiver wire pickups. Uh, guys target right away. I can guarantee you our boy Luke Musgrave is going to be on that list. He has been a heavy target of mine in the drafts that I've done over the past week. Uh, I'm even more confident that he will be at least a starting tight end in fantasy at this point uh, at the end of next year. But we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll get into all that. That's next week's podcast. Again, this week talking over under win totals for every single NFL team. Hey, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and hit that music here. Again, welcome everyone to the uh, well this edition, the latest edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast. Joe Bartle, obviously talking right now. You can follow me on Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. Alongside me every Tuesday, moving forward the rest of the season, Jake Latarski at Roto Jake. I guess I shouldn't say rest of the season. There might be there might be a few times that uh, one of us takes a break uh, and. Uh, <laughs> 
is having a great time after a Monday Packers win or something like that. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I might have some on. Chiefs tickets, and that's a Sunday night game. But, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I always got to watch myself at those games so I don't lose my voice for these and whatnot. Um, also, hey, before we get into all the meat and potatoes, today's roster cutdown day if you haven't yes. noticed yet. So if you see me looking off to the side, it's because I'm looking at my giant tweet deck monitor to try to get things like, uh, the, you know, the Raiders trade Neil Farrell, the Browns waved Lorenzo Burns, uh, Jonathan Abrams not going to make the Saints. I'm looking for that, but I'm also looking for the big stuff. I won't stop the show unless we see a blockbuster of sorts. Yeah, we've already had kicker trade news. Nick Folk got moved from the Patriots. He had uh, the Saints trade Will Lutz to the Broncos. He had uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. Dustin Hopkins actually also traded the Browns to mm-hmm. three different starting kickers. I know that's not super fantasy relevant. I'm in a few leagues where, unfortunately, it is. Uh, I would hope for the most part when you're listening to the podcast, you're not thinking, man, I can't wait to get that kicker news. Uh, so we probably aren't updating on that. We're also waiting on the uh, self-imposed deadline for Jonathan Taylor trade. So if that happens while we are live, that'd be great. Obviously, you get our live reactions as to what that would look like. But Jake is going to be on top of that. Uh, again, for the audience that's watching this, just be mindful. You know, that, that Jake, Jake's on the tweet deck. He's, he's scouring all the sources while that happens. Um, just a little bit of training camp news and cut down day news that we've had to date. Kyler Murray was placed on the pup list. More surprisingly, yesterday, Colt McCoy was released by the Cardinals. That will leave either Clayton Toon, I think he was a fifth-round rookie this year, or Josh Dobbs, who they did those three different trades, I think it was either this past weekend or like late last week. Isaiah Simmons was involved, and they kind of did that whole uh, Dwight Schrute trading the uh, paperclip up type of deal uh, to go ahead and get Josh Dobbs, uh, who might be your starting quarterback for at least the first week, second week, I don't know. Um, I'm going to be honest, Jake, this does factor into my decision on the Cardinals. The overwhelming odds of them being the worst team next season are very high, probably not bettable, but I'm, I'm absolutely taking their under. This is going to be no surprise. Mm -hmm. There's no foreshadowing. I am going to foreshadow what your uh, pick was, which was different from mine. That's, that's a. I was a little bit surprised to see where you went. Yeah, I took the over because I think a lot of that division's a little overrated. And also, mm-hmm. it's only five games in a 17-game season. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I mean, we weren't really expecting uh, Kyler Murray to be back before right. week five anyway, right? So that number is already baked into there, which is the lowest over-under on the entire board, really. It's it's them and the Rams. So I thought that number was a little bit too low, and I think that uh, you know Murray coming back, and there's a couple okay pieces on that offense. They'll squeak out a way to win in five games is what I believe, you know, and, and, we, and so I guess if we hit that now, we don't have to talk about it later. I mean, no, yeah, it's a little we'll bit. Cons- it, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I have uh, many thoughts to challenge your opinion on that. And I, it's going to be mm-hmm. possibly one of the more controversial uh, over the course of the first 20 minutes, because you and I, again, a little bit of a spoiler, actually agree on a lot of these over under totals, but that's one of the few, at least in the mm-hmm. NFC we disagree on. So there's that Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray news. Then there was Mark Andrews. And now he joins a list of, it feels like five or six prominent names of players who Oh, they should be ready for week one, Jake. Don't worry. You know, their whole knee just exploded a couple weeks ago, but they should be ready. That That's not quite the level of severity for Mark Andrews, but we don't know his injury. He's missed the past three practices. The Ravens say he'll be ready to play week one, but the fact that they have to even say that to begin with, with two weeks to go, that's a little bit alarming to me, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, 
we were always the, the story on tight ends this year, right? Is, is is Kelsey or maybe Mark Andrews early? But I'm going to tell you right now that uh, if I didn't get Kelsey for me, it was pretty much bust. If it wasn't Kelsey, I'm looking at like maybe Evan Ingram in a best case scenario. I am worried about how this new offense looks. Uh, you know, with the new scheme here we have going, and uh, if uh, Lamar Jackson will be as dependent on the tight end, he actually has weapons at wide receiver this year. Um, so there was already that factor here, and you know, it's not like Mark Andrews. I, I wouldn't quite call him injury prone necessarily, but he misses a few games every single year and, and gives you some tough fantasy decisions especially when you weren't necessarily rostering a tight end too if you took Mark Andrews so uh I I mean I, I'm further down on him uh I, I guess I could say and uh, the injury news definitely hasn't made me improve my stock at all yeah I, I have been uh, avoiding him altogether and this has been an overall philosophical thing I'm just not taking many tight ends early the closest it gets to is Dallas Goddard or Kyle Pitts if they slip to six or seven. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that on past podcasts. Pitts in the sixth. That's, that was my guy. I got it, I got my first Pitts in the sixth. There you uh, go. In, uh, in Pitts the in the sixth. I like that. Yeah. Joining the long list of players who are theoretically available for week one, it's Traylon Burks. Obviously, he had missed um, practice the past two weeks now after getting carted off with that knee injury, which seemed like it was uh, a precautionary type of deal. He's, he's practicing now. They have DeAndre Hopkins. They have Derrick Henry. Uh, I had said – Earlier, and I'll say it again for the listeners. Uh, spoiler: I, I'm lower on the Titans than I and I than at least Vegas seems to be. But I have been that way for the past two or three years. It's Mike yeah, Vrabel, pretty good coach. Yeah. He makes he makes a good meal out of a bad set of ingredients, which is what Tennessee I feel like mm-hmm. consistently is giving that roster and that scheme. Are you in on Traylon Burks from a fantasy perspective at his round eight or nine fantasy value? I got some exposure early, and then I started going heavy D-hop after he was carted off the field in practice that one day. Okay. And right. now I I don't know what to do to the point where I'm almost inv- avoiding it. Like, I've got my exposure to each that I'm comfortable with, and um, he would have to be a tremendous value for me to really get in on it anymore. I mean, Traylon Burks did miss time with injury last year. You know, he had a very late start to the season. Right. So the fact that he's coming in with an LCL injury that looked at one point to be pretty serious but now is apparently fine, that, that just worries me. It makes me a little bit uneasy. Oh, I'm, I'm right there. And I was already kind of out because I think that passing attack is is just not very good and it's so run-oriented. I know that, you know, if you do four, four or five play actions, Traylon Burks gets open for one or two, that's all you need if you're starting as a water receiver three or flex. But I'm I'm uncomfortable with the notion of drafting Traylon Burks as a guy I consistently can have in my starting lineup. Maybe if it was best ball or I get those best days, right, against the Packers, for example, uh, that mm-hmm. Thursday night game that – really effectively into the Packers season. Um, Traylon Burks was awesome, and he was doing that against Jair Alexander. So the talent, you know, is is obviously Absolutely. there, yep. and he was fantastic. It's got to be situational, though. So I'm, I'm less interested uh, in Traylon Burks, and I don't really care that he is back at practice. Um, sticking with that injury theme, we have Jackson Smith, the jig, obviously the first-run receiver for the Seahawks. Um, he will not go on injured reserve. He's expected to possibly still miss that first week or two, but that he won't be on the pup list won't miss those first four games, is certainly great for his status moving forward. My only concern is you have Tyler Lockett and you have DK Metcalf. Uh, I don't know in which a third receiver really factors in when you have Pete Carroll wanting to run the ball 45 times between Geno Smith, uh, Zach Charbonnet, and uh, Kenneth Mm Walker. That's entirely my argument. I mean, you you just summed it up exactly. I don't think a Geno Smith-led offense supports three stellar fantasy wide receivers, and I I also don't think that – 
that Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf are washed by any means. No. You know, Tyler Lockett's getting there. Yeah, you might be getting up there in years, but there's no reason to expect a sharp and immediate decline. Basically, JSN needs an injury there to be able to really succeed, for there to be enough targets to go around for him to be a steady fantasy contributor. Could that happen later on in the season? Sure, but I'll wait for somebody who used high draft capital on to cut him, and then we'll talk about him in a waiver wire episode around week 12. Yeah, yeah, week 12. That's that's probably a little bit later. I actually, I, I don't mind drafting a backup wide receiver. We do this with Alexander Madison and Delvin Cook in past years. I've been really going after Jerome Ford a lot. looks stupid now that Pierre, uh, Pierre Strong was traded to the Browns to be the backup to Nick Chubb. Like, we, it's, it's very popular and understandable concept with running backs. The same thing applies to receivers, too. But do you want to waste a roster spot, a, a round eight or nine roster spot in the case of Jackson Smith mm-hmm. and Jigba, to do so? Yep. That's yeah. a little harder. I, I actually had a draft last night where I was able to pull that off. I took Jerry Judy as well, too, but that's just how loaded the receivers mm-hmm. ended up being. That I'll wait on whatever Jerry Judy's timeline is and Smith and the Jipa, and I'm going to have a, a fearsome five of the receivers that I feel very comfortable, <laughs> and I'll flip that for a running back. You know, I was sacrificing running back, too, to make that kind of roster play. I think that's possible, but you only do that in a league where you feel like you could trade, right? Like if this is a, one of our expert leagues where we're doing it with different radio hosts, everyone's got their guys, and they stick on them all year. The only way you could possibly pull off a Smith and Jigba or even a Jerry Judy as your wide receiver four or five is with the assumption that down the road you will make a play and get to be able to trade one of those. I just, I, I, you can't do the handcuff strategy. It just doesn't apply to wide receivers. Their snaps this get, year, Jake. The snaps get it's gonna have to spread out so differently. You know, there's not a one-for-one one equivalent to, uh, to really be able to draft that. So uh, that's probably why I don't have any exposure yet. Yeah, the handcuff receiver. You're right. It's a uh, not popular one, but maybe we'll have to see uh, down the road if that if that is the next year play that you know everyone tries to tries to do and is overreactionary after like quarterbacks, for example, last year were fantastic. Jake's shaking his head. No, That's fine. No, you can no, you can disagree with me. No, yeah, well, this, uh, we, I, I trust. We got you, plenty Jake. to disagree about this podcast. <laughs> Might as well get it started early. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, all right, let's take a break. Uh, get a word from our sponsors here from Blue Wire, and then we'll be back to talk over under win totals for every team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, we're back. And I want to give you the preamble for the over-under win totals, Jake, and yep. uh, specifically with how we're framing this and what sportsbook mm-hmm. we're looking at for this. Yeah, so uh, of course, in you know, we, uh, you know, we deal a lot with DraftKings Sportsbook, right? And they're becoming you know, one of the most popular and easily accessible sportsbooks. Not even sponsored. Maybe, maybe they should. They sponsor us in other ways on the site. Anyway, um, I'm using their uh, sportsbook because in the past years, I've pulled a general over-under list that doesn't seem to be updated as fast. And also ended up with a lot of whole numbers, right? So we ended up having to guess push or having to push on a lot of these. Uh, The DraftKings Sportsbook had what I found. It's a nice sliding scale, right, where you can pick your own over-under win total, and it'll give you a money line for just about any of them, right? Uh, But the thing is, is uh, I would go in here and I would slide and – and I, and I would find the one that was closest to even money. Usually, you know, minus 110, minus 110, because you got the VIG there. Sometimes we'd have minus 105, minus 115. But usually there's a win total number that's closest to even money. That way, everything ends with a .5, and we can pick over under on all of these. So uh, that's kind of how I did that for this year. I, I love it. I was actually looking around. there. I don't believe there are any other sites that are offering that sliding win total mm-hmm. like DraftKings is. Like, I, I really thought... And this is, it's just a genius play by them. Again, we're not sponsored, so, you know, whatever it is, but it really is a great play to get the average fan to be betting on these things because it's very easy to look at. It, it was very easy to move around, getting the plus money. Cause I actually experimented with a few of the guys that I wanted the unders on. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'm going to call mm-hmm. my bookie. I'm going to make some uh, looks at yep. this. Not yeah, there's there one that I wanted the over on that I actually slid one more over to get a little bit better price tag. On. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, we'll I, I really liked it. I, we'll this, talk about that towards the end. Yep. Um, I would assume that every other sports book next year will copy this formula because from mm-hmm. an average betting perspective, this was easy uh, yep. and fun to do. And that's that's the recipe success if you are DraftKings. You want an easy and fun way to get people to bet. So mm-hmm. exactly. we are looking so at So whatever book you use, though, we're going to get you the number that's going to be closest mm-hmm. to the line that's going to be offered. And of right, course, exactly. you can take some of the the analysis here, and uh, if if it does, they don't do the half exactly. You can just kind of move and adjust on your own, and we'll work from there. All right. So I had talked about it at the the top of the show is that we actually agreed with pretty much everything uh, for the first two divisions, and we're going to start with the NFC and then work our way mm-hmm. to the AFC. So starting with the NFC North, the division that you and I are both familiar with, and I think actually, if you look at our historical record over the past now, this would be our third season, the past two seasons. I, I don't know if we've gotten one wrong. I, if if we did, it would have been like a, a random Lions one like last year, taking their over win total, whatever else. Yep. Yeah, I definitely um, would have got the Lions wrong last year. But, you know, yeah. for the most part, three and one year over year. Yeah, we, we have known the NFC North pretty well. off a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we, we just know the landscape. Exactly. So the Packers um, sitting at seven and a half, you have their over on the win total. I'm curious, did you have to second guess that at all? Was it, let's look at the schedule and make sure, was it a spot call immediate over? 
Yeah, it was a tough one. I mean, it ultimately ended up with me landing, uh, you know, a few other things. You know, I landed on under on a couple of these other teams, of course. And in general, very rarely will I have a split where there's I'll never take four overs in a division. I'll never take four unders in a division. I kind of like it to line up. So, you know, partially that. But I also just think people are overrating the fact that Aaron Rodgers is leaving and underrating Jordan Love, uh, you know, a little bit. I still think that uh, I think Jordan Love can be can be good enough. Right to at least keep them in the hunt for a playoff spot long enough. You know whether they make the playoffs, whether it ends, whether they end up, you know, eight and nine, which is, uh, you know, really all they got to hit here to get that. Um, you know, you know that remains to be seen. But I think Christian Watson is good. I think Romeo Dobbs takes a step up. I think the tight end, rookie tight end Luke Musgraves is also solid. I think their current backfield combination of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon is uh, is more than satisfactory and in fact above average. I think that um, the Packers. Even though Joe Barry is their defensive coordinator, I think that uh, they have enough talent on defense with Rashawn Gary back, hopefully staying healthy, and the development of some of their guys that were rookies playing a lot of snaps last year. Uh, you know, Campbell, uh, or, yeah, or not Campbell, Bunch the other Campbell, guy I was thinking. Quay Walker. Yeah, yeah Quay Walker's the guy I'm thinking of. And, you know, Hyatt will play a little bit more this year, too. I just think uh, they're going to win with defense and running game, right? They're not going to win get wins by airing the football out. So I think the uh, value and the importance of the quarterback position is a little bit uh, lower than, uh, you know, it was in the past where Aaron Rodgers basically had to do it all. It's definitely going to be a more balanced team this year, and uh, they're going to find enough success to win eight games at least. You know, I'd maybe even consider taking that slider and bumping up one. Yeah, and honestly, I think that the point to encourage people to take the over on the win total was that Aaron Rodgers did not play well last year. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was – because of Aaron Rodgers, I think the broken thumb was tough. I think there's extenuating circumstances. You know, we look at what Deshaun Watson did last season, not anywhere near what we saw as a Texans quarterback. Had other things going on, you know, not to ever equate what was happening in that and what was with Rodgers last season. But I think you can go to the mental aspect as well and say he just wasn't playing at the Aaron Rodgers level that we know him to be. So I, I actually think mm-hmm. Jordan Love can hit that mark. Last season, Aaron Rodgers was not that big of a bar to jump over. And if you're expecting last year's, last season Aaron Rodgers, well, the Packers were one win away from making the playoffs. So over seven and a half wins does not surprise me. I'm also factoring in they play the NFC South this year, which along with the NFC North and AFC South are, are two of the worst divisions, three of the worst divisions in football, and Absolutely. they're all really bad compared to the rest. So I having the NFC South in there, maybe they lose to the Saints. I definitely think they beat the Panthers. I definitely think they beat the Buccaneers. Falcons might be a toss-up as well. And with the AFC West, yeah, of course they'll lose to the Chiefs. Everyone's going to lose to the Chiefs. Chargers, probably. Uh, they, always, they always struggle tra- uh, traveling West Coast. I don't think the Broncos are very good, and I don't think the Raiders are very good either. Yeah, so, yeah hint, hint. This is all going to it's all gonna tie in together yep. here as we, as we keep going through. Yeah. Um, we, we don't need to spend any more time on the Packers. We, you know, we're talking yeah. about them throughout the whole season here. So exactly. uh, Vikings win total sits at 8.5. You and I both have the over on that one. I think the Vikings will make the playoffs. This was a little bit harder for me. Uh, obviously, yeah. you have that first place schedule from last season. Mm-hmm. You look at it, you run down like, oh, wait, actually, you know, if they win nine or ten, that might be the max, I think, for the Vikings this season. Exactly. I think uh, that, that's enough. I don't understand why the Lions are favored to win this division. Just a, just a, uh, I mean, you, I guess you can assume some positive regression. I think they played a little bit outside their their element or a little bit, you know, outside of what, uh, you know, the, the team's actually capable of doing here. I think the Vikings are probably the favorite. Now, the market is reacting to them losing Delvin Cook and, I don't know, maybe losing Adam Thielen, I guess. I don't know. But there's, there's still a lot of talent on this offense. I think Kirk Cousin is, is serviceable enough. 
Mm-hmm. And I also think this is a team that could make a move at some point this year to try to uh, improve their team. They're they're realizing that uh, you know their years of useful Kirk Cousins probably aren't are they're not long for that right and uh you know they they, they want to be able to capitalize in his window here so i think that they're good enough the way it is and kirk and and they might get a little bit of help here down the stretch uh you know or sometime before the trade deadline we've seen the nfl trade deadline be a lot more active bigger names yeah. move at the trade deadline so uh, i like the vikings to go a little bit over like i said markets re- overreacting to some of those skill position losses but i don't think that's necessarily what um you know what's going to drive the win total here. I think the max win total of the NFC North division winner is ten games. I, I, like that's mm-hmm. max, and I could absolutely see the division winner being nine wins. So if it is max, lines sitting at their over under win total of nine and a half. I think you and I are both taking the under. Like I, I, I think the Lions or Vikings can win the NFC North. All four teams, I think, technically could, but the division would have to be really bad for the Bears and really Packers to win it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I get a game and a half leverage, like I do with the Vikings again at eight and a half, I think they have just as good of a shot as the Lions, who are at nine and a half. I took under on Lions. You did as well. Um, I think we're both not – I think we are aware of what the Lions have been the past 20 seasons, and we are not as um, optimistic as the rest of the NFL mm-hmm. seems to be that they are going to suddenly shake off what has been the Detroit Lions for the past two decades. Yeah, that, like I said, they just played ahead of their potential last season, right. and uh, you know, yeah, it's, sure they rallied around Dan Campbell. Maybe he's a he's a great coach, but you know, I think that rah rah stuff only goes so far at this level. And um, in the end, Jared Goff's the quarterback, right? You know, he could be good for fantasy sometimes, but um, I, he's not a playoff quarterback. And and I, I I just nine and a half is is too high of a number for me. Could they win the division at nine and eight? Sure, but yeah. getting to ten games is uh, I, I I just don't buy it here. So we got a nice clean two overs and two in the division for me well we didn't touch on the bears and i was going to say uh their win total at seven and a half right now just for those before i get to my preamble mm-hmm. there was not a lot of value i thought on taking overs just going over the course of this exercise and maybe it's because i feel more comfortable betting unders I, i'm sure there's some mental reason as to why you choose to do that uh that i haven't quite examined further but i, I thought there was actually a lot of value in the under seven and a half and under six and a half territory because there's probably four or five teams that across the 32 teams in the NFL are, are just not that good. And I'm sure Vegas is pricing this in across everybody else and therefore has to have the 7.5 and 6.5 and and be a bit more valuable. But the Bears are a list of probably five teams that I'm like, I mean, I mean, there's a non-zero chance that they win four or five games again. I mean, this, this mm-hmm. they had the number one overall pick or were in that range for yeah. many weeks for a reason. Right? Yeah, th- this team is still in a rebuild, and if they tell themselves otherwise, you know, I think they're, they're kidding themselves, right? Justin Fields still has a lot of developing to do. I don't know if that happens necessarily uh, year to year. Um, has he practiced falling down like Tua has yet? Because uh, <laughs> I just think that his style very much leads to several missed games due to injury. And who knows, maybe I come, maybe he comes out, sees a, sees a different man, proves me wrong. But all this Fields, DJ Moore hype is, um, right. you know, I'm, I'm not quite buying it yet here. So I, I don't think uh, Fields and the Bears are ready to make that lead. Uh, quite yet and you know to go from the what four or five wins that four wins last year right to to suddenly winning eight games to double their win total even in this division that has a little bit of an easier schedule I don't think they're quite ready and I'm taking the under on seven and a half I was fortunate enough to pick a couple Bears fans at my favorite restaurant the vintage here in Madison who gave me nine and a half so I said I'll, I'll wow. take I'll take any amount of money on the under on that and line them all up so I've got can a lot I of Bears join you on that yeah. I'll, I'll put down whatever you put down we can like, I, I, I think God. I maxed them out here but uh wow. but we'll see uh, yeah yeah, yeah. No, but I, again I it's amazing what Bears homers will talk themselves into and uh 
you know, hope, I'm just I just hope I can collect at this point. <laughs> yeah, good for you, Bears fans. Yeah, you, you have that optimism. I'm uh, I'm, I'm all for it. Okay, so let's mm-hmm. let's move. And over then, of to- course, after I put the bet in ink, I showed them this little sliding scale on DraftKings <laughs> that they can do to, to see how they can get three to one odds on that number. But you know, that's, that's <laughs> good guy, Jake, uh, looking out <laughs> yeah, for yeah, all the Bears guy. fans yep, after exactly. the fact. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the NFC South, which I I also was surprised that we were kind of universal on both those. So Buccaneers. Over under six and a half. We both took the under real quick. Yep. So I want to make sure we save time overall for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Falcons over under eight and a half. We took under. And then uh, Panthers seven and a half. We both took under. Out of those three, is well, there one? On that you... I, I've got I've got you an over on the Falcons and me an under on the Falcons. Oh, uh, thank you. Yes, good correction. So you okay, have... so, so so real quick, Tampa Bay under six and a half. Uh, not enough quarterback play, right? Simple as that. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah, and um, Carolina Panthers uh, under seven and a half. Not enough anything play. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, they're bad. I think they could contend for. They could contend right there with the Cardinals and the Rams, possibly for that number one pick. The Texans are probably in that conversation still too. I just the Panthers don't have it. You know, they they're not going to be able to score enough points and uh, to beat uh, you know the level of defenses up there. Yeah, and then, the only fringy thing with the Panthers mm-hmm. is they play in the NFC South, and it's kind of the same vein as the Bears, where like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. if they. Division games are always fluky. You can talk about whatever talent deficiencies one team might have or the other, but division teams, you know your division, whatever else. Okay, so let's just say the Panthers split. Can they go ahead and then get four other wins? My whole thing was, no. You look at their regular season schedule, they cannot get four other wins, and I don't think they split against the NFC South, no matter if you're factoring in divisional games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like that one. Actually, that was one of my best bets. And was in that range of under seven and a half and under six and a half, which I think is the most lucrative. You are trying to get plus odds on stuff. So I, I was smashing the under. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about when we get to the best bets towards the ends, but plus five and a half, plus yep. six and a half. A lot of really nice odds um, when it comes to the Panthers overall uh, win totals. We had flexed on the Falcons. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. I did take the over, um, but I didn't feel great about it. Eight and a half wins. Someone in the NFC has to win nine games because mm-hmm. there is going to be somebody that makes the playoffs as a seven seed with <laughs> nine wins. Uh, and I am just picking the Falcons and a few other these other these teams. I don't yeah. feel great about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather – I had said, uh, I guess more spoiler, I would have – if the commanders are in the NFC South, the commanders win this division and probably win with 11 games. It's just how the schedule broke out. Like I think the yep. commanders are as good as the Falcons. But the NFC East schedule is way harder than the yes. NFC South. So I'm, I'm yeah. taking the over on the Falcons. Yeah, so I, I took the under just because uh, I'm not completely sold on Ritter, Ritter yet. It's similar to, uh, you know, he's got to make a, a, a pretty big leap to, like, like I was just talking about with Fields, to be able to hit that number there. And the only thing is, like like I said, I looked at the schedule, and, I mean, man, they could win five of, five of their first seven, four of their first seven, and, and, and get a good way there because cause it is pretty soft here. But I think overall eight and a half is a little bit high of a, a number for me for a team that I view as still kind of rebuilding here. They're, you know, their, their real contention window isn't there. And then, of course, we both took the over at the Saints 9.5. One, because uh, they seem to be one of the only standout teams in this division. They seem to be good all around. I think they're going to get improved quarterback play in Derek Carr, and they're just uh, they're on the right trajectory here. They seem, I mean, it's just the most talent for me, uh, in, you know, in this entire division that is bad, right? So, uh, you know, I feel pretty good about them taking two from each of these other teams um, and then, you know, pulling a few other wins from the NFC North and elsewhere. Did you, I mean, the, do we talk about the Saints? Because to me, the answer is the Saints are the best team in a bad division. Um, I have made the case on the better sports court, uh, which is like a, a pseudo 
first take thing uh, hosted by Dan Lust. And I had said, I'm taking the over on, on the Saints every single time because I think the NFC South stinks. Uh, I didn't make a compelling enough case to him on the over, and he thought I was wrong and gave me the loss on, on that arguing uh, session. But I, I'm curious, like, it, it, the Buccaneers stink. They're, they're going to lose a lot of games. Yeah. The Panthers stink. They're going to lose a lot of games. Mm-hmm. When it's four easy wins, and maybe you say three because the – I don't know, the, the Saints and Buccaneers do weird stuff every single year. That's a pretty easy walkthrough to that schedule. And they don't play a lot of the hard teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. I think the Saints kind of have a, a lock. Like, I think that's one of the easier yeah. division picks in my mind. Exactly. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. The Saints are one and done in the playoffs. And Derek Carr is not an NFC championship, you know, capable quarterback here. But um, you're right. Best of a bad division. And, you know, some of these teams in the NFC have got to get double-digit wins here once right. I'm going through and liking all these unders. So uh, it, it seems it seems easy to line up the Saints for that. I wish uh, there was more parlay options. It's the one thing with the, dra- the DraftKings slider that I liked a lot, uh, or I didn't like. I liked a lot of the DraftKings slider, but you couldn't parlay a lot of these over-under win totals. Well, you couldn't do it on FanDuel either. What I would have loved to parlay is who the division winner for the NFC South is and who the division winner for the AFC South is, because I think very clearly it's the Jacksonville Jaguars and New Orleans Saints, and I'll take whatever you know plus odds I get, even if it's like plus 100, 150. Uh, I think those are two of the easiest division winner calls that you can have in the NFL right now. Let's get a word from our sponsors here, Fantrax, before we continue. For you fantasy football players out there, is there something you wish your fantasy league had or features that are missing from your current league, bonus scoring, custom schedules or playoffs, deeper team settings? Well, look no further because we have it covered with the friends of Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the fantasy industry, offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball Leagues create or join a fantasy commissioner, uh, fantasy football commissioner league. Invite your friends, dominate your draft this season. Fantrax is the top dynasty fantasy football platform in the industry. Coming from another service, well, not a problem. Fantrax can easily import any of your current leagues and rosters and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake in dropping a player? Well, Fantrax Commissioner Tools has you covered there too because you can undo any move with one simple click. If there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it all. Fantrax is running a special promotion that you don't want to miss. Sign up for promo. We'll sign up with promo code uh, Rotowire and go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire to enter for your chance to win tickets to any regular season NFL game for you and your entire league. Plus, you get 6000 in spending cash. That's right. Tickets for your entire league plus 6000 spending cash. Simply create a new league or bring over your existing league for more chances to win. Go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today at Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. All right, so NFC North, NFC South, two divisions that we were more or less similar on. Um, definitely different for the NFC East, though. We both had the over win total on the Cowboys at 10 and a half. Um, we'll get to that in just a second. We both had the over on the Eagles win total at 11 and a half. It was the Commanders and Giants that I think was interesting. And it goes to our overall point of someone has to win in the NFC. Like if you think mm-hmm. the Eagles are great, you think the 49ers are great, fine. They might get to the conference finals, but there's a whole lot of football that has to be played before you get to that point. I took uh, the under on the Commanders win total at six and a half. You had the over. I, I thought this was one of the more interesting ones, so I'm curious why you had Commanders over six and a half. Was it close, or are you just taken under, possibly? It, you know, it, it, it was close because, you know, I looked at the Cowboys and I looked at the Eagles. I couldn't bring myself to do the under on either of those. I think those right. two are very, very good teams, right? So, logically... I should have the Commanders and the Giants at at, at both under, but I couldn't quite take the under six and a half games for the Commanders. Six is not a lot of games here in a 17-game season. I think Sam Howell might be 
a little bit better than people give him credit for. Oh, I do. And I think he's going to end up, he's going to be a name that comes up in our streamers and possibly ads in the waiver wire show this year. And I think that's not necessarily going to be because of his raw talent. I think it's going to be because Scary Terry and Josh Dotson are, or Jahan Dotson, sorry, I keep mixing up with Josh Dotson from TCU. I'm going to do that all freaking year. Um, Jahan Dotson, I think those two are excellent, both possibly top 12 fantasy wide receivers. And not all those, I mean, if, if all those things are true, then under than six or less wins certainly isn't true. I think they'll be able to squeak out just enough, maybe not in the division, maybe in the outside schedule, but they'll surprise some people. I mean, they surprised the Packers last year. They certainly did. Um, and I think they're going to surprise some people in, uh, in in similar fashion. So uh, so I had to take the over on them, which, of course, left me to one uh, to one under because I couldn't take all overs in the whole division. Right. right? So I guess I'll ask you, do you think – Who's the better team, the Giants or Commanders? I think the Commanders might be. Okay. I I, I am more encouraged about some of their defensive building blocks, and the Giants' pass-catching core is just terrible. Like, Danny Dimes is going to have to have a a, – the the Giants' best receiver is Darren Waller, who is incredibly fragile, right? So Danny Dimes is going to have to have, like, an Aaron Rodgers MVP season for them to get to eight wins. And what's the number here? Seven and a half. I don't think Danny Dimes is going to be the MVP. So, 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 so I, I just don't see it there. But I would like to hear your argument against it. Yeah, and I, and I agree with you. Like I, I think, and I'll go back to this. If the Commanders are in the NFC South, I'm picking them to win the division. I think they're going to have ten plus wins. I think they're a good football team. But you look at the Commanders' schedule, and again, the NFC East is just a, a murderer's row as is. And they also play. Uh, I think it's the AFC West or another or one of those other divisionals divisions in the AFC that's really good and I think the Giants are a better coached team than the Commanders and I think last year the Daniel Snyder stink was there because they they have talent it's almost like the Packers defense the way where it's like how, how does that front seven not end up being really successful well maybe it's just Dan Snyder maybe everyone's just so exhausted with how crappy it is to be with an owner that's Dan Snyder and that's gone right that, that mm-hmm. no longer huge weight lifted to, right? right maybe that is literally the difference of why the commanders will be a better team than the Giants this season but I happen to think the Giants coaching staff is really good and why well maybe Ron Rivera might have been weighed down by extenuating circumstances uh, it's still the results. The Giants were better last season with that talent inefficiency. And if I'm picking one of the team besides the Cowboys and Eagles to be good, I have no reason to think the Giants will not be good. So I think the Giants are going to be the last team of the NFC East to make the playoffs. And somebody from the NFC South or NFC North is going to sneak in to get curb stomped by the 49ers or Eagles whoever takes the number two seed. And that's that. Like I, I don't think the NFC playoffs matter besides three teams. And it makes me frustrated uh, as a fan of football, knowing that's how I feel. But that's just the truth. So whether you believe the Commanders or Giants are the one that has the over-under win total of that group, fine. Uh, I'm taking the Giants because I've seen it before. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it with the Commanders. But the Daniel Snyder snake might be real. You know, it might be yeah. gone um, and why I'm going that direction. Sticking with the theme of everything sucks in the NFC besides one team, we both um, like the under totals on the Rams, which I actually thought was a little bit surprising. I was at six and a half, and when you took the under, I think the Rams could be like a four-win team. Yep. And it doesn't even take a Matthew Stafford injury to get there, although if they did, I mean, do they ever win a game the rest of the season? Like, that that team is is really 
really bad. Um, I know. And I'm looking at the line on that. Uh, under four and a half is plus 280. That might not be a terrible bet. At no, all. I, I, I like it a lot. Especially if you're looking for longer shot money here. Um, I mean, you heard the reports. I know Jeff and Nick touched on it yesterday, but about how Matthew Stafford's wife says he can't connect with the he younger players friends. on the team. Yeah, you know. Matthew Stafford is eating alone or something, I guess. I don't, I, I don't know, man. I, so, so that's weird to begin with. And also, I just... Um, I, I, I don't quite think they're high-powered enough. I, so they still no. have some pieces on offense, right? Cooper Cup's around they have if, he's, Cooper Cup. if he's healthy. Right. Uh, you know, whatever you think of Cam Akers. And, and, and you know, who knows how many hits away. Stafford's taken a beating over the oh, course yeah. of his career, mm-hmm. man. There's no doubt about that. So who knows how long it's, um, you know, how, how many games uh, he'll be able to stay standing there. And then the defense outside of Aaron Donald is is not – very good. Right. So uh, I think that was a layup under for me. I don't know if I'm quite going to take the under on four and a half, but it's not a terrible line, so I might think about a sprinkle. Everywhere else, though, we kind of differed. So I, I took the over on the Niners' wins at 11. They have a far more difficult schedule. Like if you were to factor in they're playing the NFC yeah. South, or, then, then it's then it's different, but they actually have a very difficult schedule. So you took the under on uh, 10 and ten, a half wins. 10 and a half was a little bit pricey close, for me. Right? I think um, – Oh, geez. You know, I mean, one of these teams has to do all right, but 10.5 is very close. It was difficult to take given the schedule and difficult to take given Brock Purdy's the starter all year long. Yep. And there's a bunch of film out on Brock Purdy now. So we will we'll see on that. Uh, this next one, I'm thinking about flip flopping on, but I'm, I'm, it's really close to me. Yeah, so the Seahawks at 9.5 over under. I took the over on that. I'm pretty convinced that the way Pete Carroll wants to play, while it won't be successful in the playoffs, is good enough for the regular season, especially um, when they aren't facing the number one overall schedule like the 49ers are as the division winners. So I I like the Seahawks over 9.5 wins. If you're Mm -hmm. saying which teams are making the playoffs, we go through all the division winners, and then it's going to be like a Saints or Falcons or Panthers. Saints or Falcons fighting for one of those last spots one of the NFC teams between the Commanders and Giants, and I think the Seahawks are, are pretty much guaranteed another playoff spot of that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, uh, one wild card's coming out of the NFC East for sure, right? And then we're thinking of the other wild card? Yeah, you say the Cowboys or Eagles are guaranteed one, and then between two, yep. you have to take the Seahawks, Falcons, somebody from the NFC North, or Giants, Commanders. I think the Seahawks have a better shot because the division outside of the 49ers yeah. has got off. I might take a nine-win NFC North team over the Seahawks. Okay, so you're, that's where yeah. You're going with if, if say the Vikings and Lions both get in, if the Packers aren't able to sneak in, but Lions get in at nine, it's possible. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm looking at here. I, I just uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, Last year, the Seahawks were able to sneak up on people. There were no expectations True. at all. We were, I mean, we were taking them at under four and a half in this show last year, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, well, so I was. I, I was saying, yeah. take them I mean, we got to take, we gotta take NL once in a while right here. We can't be perfect. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think this year there's expectations, and um, I just I, I'm not as confident in Geno Smith that he can just repeat, that he can do it two years in a row after never doing it the entirety of his career before. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely take a look at that. This is the one that I'm very, very tight on because of that rule, like you said. There has to be some team in here. I'm taking the honor on Seahawks, but that's not one I'm. That's certainly not one I'm taking a pile of the cash to the book and playing. I'm taking no. the under on the Seahawks because I have to make a pick, and I'm slightly leaning that way. Not super confident on that one. Yep, I, I was. I felt like I was that way for a few of these teams, and, and the Seahawks would qualify. I just put the over on there. One that I'm pretty confident on uh, is under four and a half on the Cardinals. This yep. morning I went and looked and actually was three and a half. Yes. Okay. So, so I'm going to so take maybe, my Maybe I'm here. less confident uh, if that's the case, but look at that schedule. Like even if Kyler Murray comes back, mm-hmm. man, I, I don't know a realm in which the Cardinals win more than three games. 
And I don't think the Cardinals want to win more than three games. I think they want to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, you know, obviously USC quarterback who's projected to go number one overall right now. And uh, I think they would love the luxury of deciding between keeping Caleb Williams or trading him uh, for a number one overall package, much like the Bears did with Bryce Young. So I, I think the under is not a slam dunk because I like mm-hmm. a few more better. That doesn't mean I don't like the under. I think the Cardinals yeah. are not going to be a good team this season. So originally I actually had over four and a half, which I'll admit is maybe a little overzealous. And I will also admit that maybe I did this because I already because I went under, under, under on this division. You can take <laughs> under on it. It's okay. I'm yeah, I, I didn't want to sweep the whole under. But um, I, now that it's three and a half, I'm definitely over on it. I still okay. think they could win four games and get the first overall pick in the draft. That's certainly within the realm of possibility here. Um, I think, you know, Kyler Murray can come back and, and scramble himself into a couple of wins there. I think there's just enough on offense with Hollywood and with Zach Ertz coming back and with James Conner still possibly being serviceable. Defense definitely worries me a little bit, but they do get to play the Rams twice. And I think the Rams are absolutely atrocious, right? There's some winnable games there. And, um, you know, all they got to do is, you know, have Kyler Murray work some magic or play spoiler once or twice late in the season to hit four wins. So for me, uh, four and a half, I was really shaky on the over. Three and a half, I actually feel pretty confident about the over. All right, I was going to say for our records, which one are we picking? Let's just pick over under three and a half. Yep. I will still take the under. That's what the number is. You can take the over. Yeah. All right, perfect. Um, We have 20 minutes or so to get through the AFC, which is very complicating because. I think the AFC is really good. I want to make sure we give a little bit of time uh, to a few of our thoughts and processes for that. First, a word from our sponsors here, Rival Fantasy. If you're looking for a place to play head-to-head fantasy football games without the huge tournaments, salary caps, or complicated game types, then Rival Fantasy is where you want to play this NFL season. From a twist on a classic game with Fantasy Bingo, where players generate a lineup to complete achievements and get bingo, to a head-to-head fantasy challenge, uh, Rival Fantasy is where you'll pick uh, which two players will score more fantasy points it's the best version of fantasy sports. For the 2023 NFL season, the Rival Fantasy is offering new users a 200% deposit match plus a $25 first play voucher. Rival Fantasy is so confident you'll love the experience. They're giving you money to play it right out of the gate, experience the future of fantasy sports on Rival Fantasy and become a rival today. All right, AFC North over-unders, Jake. Um, we are similar on the Browns, Steelers, and Bengals. So Browns, over under nine and a half, we have the under. Steelers mm-hmm. over under eight and a half, we both have over. Yep. And then Bengals over ten and a half. Let's uh, so let's knock out Steelers and Browns real quick. We basically both think the Steelers will take that last playoff spot over the Browns, right? The no, Deshaun I don't Wal- think a last playoff spot. Okay, don't okay, don't think they'll get the playoff spot. But at at, at nine wins, oh, you think they're going to be a little bit better? Because I, I think that's possible too. But I, I from what I've seen from Deshaun Watson and his attitude about everything and his actual play on the field, yeah. I do not see um, him having a whole lot of success. And I feel like he'll eventually turn on this team and the media and vice versa. And it's just not going to end up looking well. There is I, now again. They could be great fantasy-wise. I still think Nick Chubb's going to have a great season. I still think Amari Cooper's going to have a pretty good season, and I still think David Njoku is an easy top-eight tight end. Um, but over, that's not necessarily going to lead to a whole lot of team victories uh, in this case, or at least not 10 team victories, because I thought that number was quite a bit high given you know what the Browns have done historically. So um, so, so that's why I have it there. Um, but we're both over on the Bengals and the Steelers. I'll yeah, take care of and, that. I, and I, I should say, I think the Steelers are pretty comfortable over. I think the AFC is really good, and I can't math out tiebreakers while watching the like just going over win-loss in the game schedule. So they will compete for the number six or number seven playoff spot, the Steelers will, much like they have the past couple years. And while I might be concerned about some coaching staffs, I'm not about Mike Tomlin. That guy gets the most out of his players. And I'm I'm kind of sneakily in on George Pickens. I don't know if like uh, there's been a higher riser in my mind 
uh, other than Luke Musgrave, than George Pickens. Like, I just watched the stuff that he does in the preseason. I know it's the preseason, doing it against number two and three corners. That guy looks insane. And no matter mm-hmm. what you think about Kenny Pickett, and I think he's garbage, I think he's really bad, you could have a good receiver carry a bad quarterback. I made the comparison. Mm-hmm. It feels a lot like Mike Evans carrying Texas A&M, Johnny Manziel. That might yep. be what George Pickens does <laughs> for Kenny Pickett. Uh, that's how confident I am in the talent that I'm seeing right here's now. The, here's the hot fantasy take um, you know, out of this podcast. I just picked up my first share of George Pickens. I'm going to look to get a little bit more, and I like Deontay Johnson too. But I think there's not a half-bad chance we're talking about George Pickens going into next year, the similar to the way we're talking about Garrett Wilson this year. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I don't I know. Maybe that's, maybe that's not as spicy if you agree with me. No, but no, I, I think I, it I thought is. that was pretty I think, spicy. I, I think it is. And, and a lot of that's you know, like a dynasty thing, too, where everyone gets – like the, the floor of Garrett Wilson conversation gets overinflated because everyone looks at it from a dynasty lens, even though we are talking redraft and best ball and whatever else. I, I – you're, we are going to have a conversation next year where George Pickens, do we take him in the third round? Like that That's, I think, going to happen if he stays healthy and plays the way. Because they I mean, can't Garrett take him Wilson's off the field getting, from a blocking getting, perspective. Yeah, Garrett Wilson's getting talked about as a first-rounder. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so, and so I'm, I'm like cushioning by saying third-round George mm-hmm. Pickens conversation. Um, again, I take the over on Steelers, 8.5, uh, under on Browns, 9.5. They might both finish with nine wins. That's how mm-hmm. the over-under shakes out. It's the Ravens that we disagreed on. And I think it's more so that the Ravens number is just higher. It's not that I'm down on the Ravens. So Ravens number was at 10 and a half. You have over. So you have the Ravens possibly contending for the AFC North crown over mm-hmm. the Bengals. I think that's just too rich of a thing to do. Uh, I will say 10 wins for the Ravens under. I think they make the playoffs, but I don't think uh, they will win the division. I need to get myself some Lamar Jackson this year because mm. I talking myself into him being he wouldn't even be a dark horse MVP candidate if they hit this number he is an MVP candidate yes right but I think if he can stay healthy for that many games I think they can win that many games I think this is a good strong organization that is built to win consistently I think they have finally went out and got Lamar some weapons and I think the new offensive coordinator uh that they got from uh, what Georgia I believe um Todd uh, USC USC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Todd Munkin. Yeah, yeah, Todd Munkin. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So, um, no. pretty sure it's USC. Maybe it's Georgia. I think it was Georgia. Yeah. I think you're right, actually, because uh, I was thinking of what he did before. Okay. Yeah, no, no, yes. he, anyway, he, yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he had been in the league. Yeah, okay. Anyway, we can go about this history, but I think he's going to open things up for Lamar. I think Lamar uh, should get more credit as a passer than, you know, everyone, everyone kind of writes him off as this Russian quarterback, but I think he's made strides. And I think with some actual weapons, um, this team is loaded enough to do it. And I know you always know they're going to play solid, good enough defense here. So, um, I, I mean, they're my pick to win the division. Does that mean that they get 11 games? That's really, really close. I'm going to go over. But, again, this isn't one I'm bringing a briefcase full of cash for the book for. This is one that I'm making a pick because I had to make a pick. And uh, I just like this division overall from top to bottom. I, I feel pretty confident the Bengals will win the division, but I, I'm not dismissing the Ravens at all. And everything you said – you and I have been saying for years, I completely agree. Lamar Jackson's a really good quarterback. He's not just an athlete. He's not a running back. Uh, you know, whoever wants to make that conversation, he's a good quarterback. Uh, and, and that's what it takes to win. He's now in a system to make him even more effective. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think the Bengals are, are a really good and complete team and have won for a lot of different years now uh, and a lot of different regimes and different things have had to overcome. That, that matters to me when we're talking over-under win totals. So uh, let's go to a division that has nothing to do with over-under win totals because they all stuck. Oh, they all stink, I should say. I was going to say a different word. Uh, mm-hmm. AFC South. So you and I are similar on the Colts over-under six and a half. I sneakily thought maybe they could get to seven. Like I don't think there's actually 
that crazy of a realm where they are a seven-win team. They won't be anywhere near competitive, but they actually have a kind of easier schedule. Uh, and we are also similar on the Jaguars. Over, under, 10.5 wins. We think over for that. Same with the Texans. Under, 6.5 wins. The way we differ is the Titans, where I'm <laughs> going to keep going back to this well. I've been wrong multiple times. I'm going to get it right this time, I think. Uh, under 7.5, I think, is is not a lock per se. There's just ones I like better. But they are not that good of a football team. And I think that's going to be exposed this year. Yeah, I, I'm going to be over 7.5 on them. And I think that in a way almost similar to the Packers, they can win playing scrappy defense and having an amazing running game, and the quarterback play doesn't necessarily matter. And yeah, and they have. And Vra- this is how Vrabel wins. Right. And uh, you know, you get to play the Colts and the Texans twice, right? Who are both under six and a half on. They'll split uh, one of those inexplicably. One of those will be inexplicably uh, inexplicably split. Yes, but seven and a half, man. That's a that's a low number. They can still be under five hundred, and you can and you can be cashing this ticket. So um, I, I'm actually pretty confident in this one. This is one that I could actually see myself betting. Didn't put them in the best. They're kind of in that limbo. They're you know because you classify all these in a thing. Like I'm picking it because I have to make a pick, but I'm not going to bet it. I'm picking it. I might consider betting it. I'm picking it and definitely betting it. This is what right one of those those limbo ones where I think. Uh, I mean, you know, just on principle, the Colts and uh, the Texans going under six and a half, I feel pretty confident on. The Jaguars going to over ten and a half that we both pick, that's definitely one that I'm not taking to the book. I'm a little I, – I, they're going to be good, but, man, I just don't know. I, I'm not 100% sure that they're going to be that good, right? Uh, I still think they win the division. They might only need ten to win the division, but um, – I thought the floor was ten for them. So, it, like, it was either between ten and twelve wins – what I would want, like, if you are confident that the, the Jaguars are, are going to win over 10 and a half games, just bet them to win the division. So I, it might be like minus 300. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I think that's, it feels way more quantifiable and easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you could find a way to parlay it with something, you know, whether it's more NFL odds or whatever else. Again, DraftKings wasn't really letting us do that at all. I don't know if there's any way to bet division winners. Parlaying futures gets a little bit tricky because you can, you can it, find absolutely. arbitrage sometimes. Yeah. So. You yeah, know, we're, so we're still growing that. in terms I can't, of our uh, yeah, I, betting I mean, analysis. Like, I can't parlay fight props in the state of Nevada. There are, are a lot of different rules. And also, we're looking at this DraftKings as if we're from Illinois. The rules can be changing in different things. I'm not the, regu- not the regulatory expert here. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so we're both over on the Jags here, I think, by default, because I wanted to almost take the under on every single other one, <laughs> except, of course, uh, for the Titans. I think they can, I think Vrabel can scrap himself into eight games. I don't think – you and I have different takes. I, I, I seem to be the only person uh, left in this company that likes DeAndre Hopkins. And thinks he could still have a productive year. Everyone's, everyone's, oh, the Titans are where receivers go to die. And he's washed and he was showing the shines last year and he quit on his team and all this stuff. Also, we can, uh, I, I don't mind going a little bit over an hour on our, on our, on our award nominating podcast, our quintessential show. Oh, yeah. Show. And so, we got the best so bets. We can, like, we'll yeah, we got there. best I, bets. Yeah, we'll get there. So, um, I don't, I, you know, we don't need to rush things too much here. Uh, um, I'm, I'm with you. Um, and I want to save time for the AFC East, which is obviously, uh, I think, the most spotlight division. Because of the Aaron Rodgers acquisition, uh, Josh Allen. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I see him on direct TV commercials every minute, it feels like. I mean, like the Bills are ha- and have been a favorite now for quite a while. The Dolphins, there's a lot of um, intrigue. I don't want to say mystique because of what Tua's health is going to be and obviously that happened last year. But they've quietly made some really good additions and made a really good football team. And then the Patriots, who have a legendary coach. And if there's been anything more quantifiable from a betting perspective, it's Bet on the coach. That's why Mike Tomlin's been successful for a lot of betters. Bill Belichick the same way. I had a really difficult time with the AFC East, and I can't tell Jake if it's because I have some 
predestined bias with the Aaron Rodgers acquisition with the Jets, mm-hmm. and therefore it's clouding things, or if I truly am uh, just a little, little bit lower. So I have them under nine and a half wins. I wouldn't feel confident about it. It wouldn't surprise me if they win the division. But I think I know Aaron Rodgers, and I especially think I know how the Jets will play to begin the season, and they can't really afford to go one and a five or one and four and still start out uh, and win 10 games. Like I just don't see that happening. Yeah, so I actually, you know, and I'll we'll talk about best bets at the end. I took the Jets under nine and a half as one of my best bets. I think the public and the market is way overreacting to them suddenly having good quarterback play. <laughs> I just don't think that this team from top to bottom is quite good enough. And I also am a firm believer that the Packers got out on Aaron Rodgers at the exact right time here. The Packers were ready to get up, get out on Aaron Rodgers three years ago, right? Yeah. And then it ended up not happening. The Packers took that their L on that one. I don't think they're going to take two L's on this because Father Time's, uh, you know, it's uh, he's undefeated. I just think Rodgers, at this point in his career, um, you know, I've, I can't say he's ever been that concerned about winning Super Bowls, right? Because he had a million chances with a million better rosters in Green Bay to do it. You and I can both uh, lament about this all day long here. I don't think he's going to suddenly do this in his 40s with a brand That's new— That's a good roster, though. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. like I know, I'm negative on Rodgers, and I, and I don't like— um, how the the controlling of the narrative seems to be like the, the pay cut thing where it took just 30 million off like oh you couldn't do that at any point with the packers but i understand why like would the packers have done anything mm-hmm. if he had done t- that pay cut probably not you know uh, that's part of my franchise being stupid i i readily mm-hmm. admit that i understand why aaron Rodgers would be frustrated by that the jets have a really good defense they have a lot of skill guys like i that Garrett Wilson throw, when you saw him make that throw to Garrett Wilson in the preseason where they scored a touchdown, did you not have a little bit of envy? Like uh, yeah. It's been a long time since I've been in the dating game, Jake, but that gave me flashbacks to like sophomore year uh, Joe dating this girl who then breaks up with me and gets together with somebody else. Like, oh, that's that's a little bit of envy that, that happened. Like, I, I miss that feeling of that throw that Aaron Rodgers had. Yeah, there's a touch, but I the second that this team hits any shade of adversity, man, I think it, I think it all snowballs up and they don't and, and it's they going don't to, that, and that, they don't they don't bounce back. You know that, that that'll be the difference here. Stretch is a gauntlet. If yes. they can win, I think two of their first five games, then I will take the Jets on the over. And it's not like the the end season is much easier. It's just that I think there's going to be some rapport and chemistry that Rodgers develops. If 35 year old Matthew Stafford, who's a Super Bowl winner, can't make friends with his Rams teammates, does Rodgers? Like he can bring his little posse to the lunch club with Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard uh, and Mercedes Lewis and Adrian Amos. And I know Lewis didn't <laughs> sign there yet, but that's fine. The lunch table is bigger than four people. Like you, you have to still extend things a little bit further from a friendship perspective. There's a chemistry angle that makes me a little bit nervous mm-hmm. for uh, September and maybe yeah. even early October for the Jets. And just to illustrate that gauntlet, Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs is how the Jets start. Right. Then they're, then they're at Denver, which is very winnable. Eagles, week six. Right. I mean, if they have two wins before their bye, I'll be surprised. It's just it's a really tricky thing, especially with how Rodgers led teams start out a little bit slow, um, and and that chemistry is such a big part of the way he plays the game. So yeah, I, I don't see a relax situation. I see a, this tumbles out of control, and maybe he quits. Realizes okay. he's got life outside of football. Um, but, you know, you know we'll complicating see. this is that like the Dolphins, you know, over and under nine and a half mm-hmm. wins. We both have over. You put the caveat with yeah, two healthy. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm deleting that in the document right now. <laughs> like, obviously, like, if two stays healthy or if he, doesn't. Yeah, if he's healthy, they're over <laughs> nine and a half is probably a smash, right? right. Um, but this is one that I will not touch at the sportsbook with a 10-foot pole because I can't trust Tua. 
uh, to be healthy. Yes, he's done all his falling down practicing, but uh, I get I, I just I get worried about that man. He's one hit away from never playing again. Right, and, and, and I actually think is, it's, it's uh, an easier. Dangerous. Like you could bet the under right now because you assume Tua won't get healthy or won't be healthy the whole season. Because if he's not, they won't win ten games. That's mm-hmm. that's very clear. That happens with every starting quarterback, backup quarterback scenario. There's very few times, maybe just the Niners, where you can say, "Hey, you know, backup string quarterback, you're going to help us get to the playoffs." That's a really good roster too, though, and I like what they're doing. And I also think the environment factor plays a difference. Like you can easily project an offense, especially led by Mike McDaniel as a coach, to be successful in the conditions the Dolphins will play in November and December, where you can't do that in Buffalo, in New York, in New England. So it makes it a little more tricky for me. I think it's easier projecting the Dolphins to win 10 games than it is a few of these other teams. That being said, I like the the Patriots over mm-hmm. six and a half. Like that yeah. defense I mean, is really good. That's just a uh, that's a Belichick bet for me yep. and you and you know defense and Belichick. Whatever happens on offense, we can deal with, right? But six and a half is not a big number in a seventeen game season. The, and the an Patriots had one of the biggest games. acquisitions of the entire offseason, which was getting rid of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge as the offensive coordinator. If Joe Barry is you the worst coordinator never miss a chance to choice, bring this up. I the, love if, it. Yeah, if, I well, love it. It's, let it's him true, know, Jake. Joe. Let him know. <laughs> if it's true. If Joe Barry uh, is the worst defensive coordinator in the league, and if he's not, he's one of the worst. It's true. I don't care what you have to say, Jake. Then the worst offensive coordinator and worst offensive coordinators in the history of the NFL have to be Joe Judge and Matt Patricia. This is an upgrade upon all upgrades. And the Patriots' defense is really good. That schedule is brutal the Patriots that they have no favors it feels like from week one through 18 but I think Bill Belichick and a possibly competent offensive coordinator can scrap out six or seven wins that one was close to me I'll take the over and then I I just have a hard time going past the Bills um but I think it's gonna be a really tricky division so I have them under mm-hmm. 10 and a half wins but that was on the fence I think 10 wins 11 wins I'm not surprised either way yeah, I definitely took the Bills over on that. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, they take the Jets, easily smoke the Raiders. Tough road game against the Commanders. They win. And then it, things start. It, it, it is not an easy schedule, no, but I think right. that this offense alone in the regular season can shoot out, an, you know, enough teams to get to 11 wins. So that was uh, that one I didn't have to think about too much. I, I was surprised to see the number not, you know, in the, the, range high, of the, the Chiefs, highest on the whole Niners. list, I think, is the Chiefs at yeah. 11 and a half. Uh, I was surprised I didn't see the Bills up at that number, but yeah, the Chiefs, Eagles, and Niners I think all were at eleven and a half, or, mm-hmm. or I guess Niners at ten and a half. Yep. Uh, Eagles and Chiefs were eleven and a half, which which makes sense. Real quick, there hasn't been any other uh, roster cut news or anything like that so far, right? I know. I keep looking. I keep looking off to the side. I got Good. nothing. It's all going to happen as soon as our show is done. With yeah, it. yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll that's have to do a works. emergency podcast uh, and mess up our whole system where we just do one every day. Got to toss one in there in case the uh, news breaks. So mm-hmm. uh, real quick to end things here, and then we'll get to our best bets, which I, I really like a few of mine, and I'm sure yours as well too. Mm-hmm. The AFC West over-under win totals. You and I are both on the over for Chiefs Chargers. So Chiefs 11.5, we like that over. Yep. Chargers 10.5, we like that over. Broncos Raiders, Broncos 8.5 over-under. We have the under. And Raiders Six and a half. We have the under. Yep. So I have thoughts on two of these, so I'm going to let I'm going to let the you say what you have to say, and then I'll talk yeah. about that. Well, you know, I can save uh, I can save what I have to say for best bets because this is actually the last division. This ties in perfectly because two of my best bets are in this division, mm. and two of them um, they kind of uh, they they kind of are related to each other, right here. Um, you know, 
I just think the Chiefs are good. They're going to be in contention with the Bills for the top seed. Once again, you know, the Bengals might even sneak in there a little bit too, but I think the Chiefs are awesome. So I'll take the over on that and because I just don't see many losses there. Chargers 9.5 I thought was quite low. I think Herbert is an MVP candidate, and I think they're really going to blow things up this year. This offense is going to take a new level. They've got weapons. They're going to be solid. You know, instead of a team that loses all the close games, they're going to win all the close games, and that'll be that'll make it to easily get to double-digit wins. I'm not worried about that. Raiders, we both think that they suck. And yes. um, <laughs> and they're going to be right in there. I just I don't see how the see this is this is one where Raiders six and a half. Like I'm looking around here. What is it? What's it going to take here? Four and a half for the Raiders. Under four and a half is plus two fifty. I'd almost do that. You know, they're they're how I'm thinking. You know, they're, they're going to be towards the bottom. I I just don't see. I, I I don't see where these wins come from. And the Broncos. I'm also going under um, because I am selling Russell Wilson. Even when um, Sean Payton comes around, I don't think he's going to be able to save him or resurrect him. I'm worried about Judy coming back from his hamstring injury. I'm worried about Cortland Sutton never being the same that he ever was after his serious injuries here. Um, and I also think uh, if you listen to yesterday's show with Nick and Jeff, Nick, one of Nick's hotter take was that Jared Stidham starts at least three games for mm. the Broncos. I don't think Sean Payton was part of that regime that um, – that necessarily made this trade for uh, Russell Wilson. And instead of Sean Payton fixing Russell Wilson, I think he might just bench him at some point during the season. I think the Broncos are a disaster, and I think under 8.5 is their uh, one of my best bets. Yeah, so this is a bit of a spoiler from the best bet perspective. Um, odds for a team to be number one overall next year, so worst team in the league. Cardinals, obviously, overwhelming betting favorites at plus 250. Buccaneers... I'm not really surprised by it, but plus 850. I am surprised the Rams are at 1,000, uh, and that's universal across MGM and FanDuel. I can't find those on the DraftKings. So, okay, it, like either Cardinals or Rams could be one of the worst. That's kind of situated in the NFC. You have the Texans there. Okay, fine. They gave up their uh, first-round pick to trade up for Will Anderson. They still have the Browns one. I would have been trying to sell the Browns uh, instead of the Texans. They could be a top-five selection. Raiders at plus 1,300. And I actually think that's – entirely reasonable. Like if you are like you are Jake of the belief, Kyler Murray can actually win the Cardinals and that decrepit roster some games. I I really think Mm -hmm. the Raiders are in position given their schedule this year, the AFC being really difficult that they might only win three or four games. Like I, I just don't think they are that good of a football team. And while I believe the Broncos also stink, the Broncos are a better level and are going to be more well coached than Sean Payton. I'm sorry. Sean Payton's going to have a more well coached, uh, than Josh McDaniel. So I, I think the Raiders at plus 1,300 to have the worst odds in the NFL, I like that a lot. Um, and I will absolutely take their mm-hmm. under. I will also take the Broncos under too. And I think that's actually the biggest layup um, of just over-under win totals. Because if you said under 6.5, I'm like, yeah, I would consider that. Absolutely. And I bet you that's plus 250, plus 285 mm-hmm on the DraftKings slider. So I'm, I'm yeah. with you on both of those. Yeah, eight and a half is perfectly even money. You know, at, at sports, like, I guess a little vague here. I have here, no but idea. I just, I don't, especially when I, I'm taking the over on both the Chiefs and the Chargers, I think both of those teams are possibly 12-win teams. And uh, I'll show you in a second here when I went through the Cardinals, or the Cardinals, the Chargers schedule, how I might make a slider bet on that too. Yeah, I, I, I just have no idea how anyone could possibly think eight and a half over. I, like and have that be the plus money under right now. That's there's no better bet. There is no better bet, and you could go ahead and say if you want better odds, slide it further. I'm totally fine, but there's no way eight and a half over hits. No way. 
I would be shocked. Um, let's let's talk best bets real quick. You have mentioned a few. Do you want to just run them down, or you want to go back and forth? Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll run I'll run them down. Uh, okay. So the Jets uh, under nine or nine and a half. Um, you know, I already talked about that. I think that number is a little bit high. Uh, you know, the overall roster is good, but uh, I don't think quarterback play is going to be quite as good as people think this year. So, um, you know, that's the main rationale behind that. And then the other one, of course, these all come from the AFC here. I, you know, the Denver being under, we both are full on all over that. We just discussed that at length. And I think that's very relation, uh, you know, relatable to the Chargers being over nine and a half. Uh, the Denver under was minus 110. The Chargers over nine and a half is actually minus 120. I mean, I see wins against, they're already favored week one against the Dolphins. Um, I think that'll be a tight game, but I think they win that. I think they smoke the Raiders twice. They beat the Broncos twice. They win at home against Chicago. They win at home against Detroit. They win at Green Bay, at New England. See, I'm not entirely biased, by the way. They win at New England. They win at Tennessee. And there's your nine and a half right there. I also think at Minnesota and home versus Dallas are very much in play for the Chargers. So even if you didn't think they win both of those, I think they could get one of those. And I would probably move it up to over 10.5 at plus 140. That's where I'd throw the bet there on the Chargers. I love what the Chargers got going on this year. Yeah, and you could say this for the past decade for the Chargers, but certainly over the past two or three years with Justin Herbert, if they stay healthy, it's one of the best rosters, right? J.C. Jackson yep. theoretically is back. You're not going to miss Joey Bosa for 14 games like they did last season. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen both missed a month. Theoretically, if they stay healthy, mm-hmm. that is one of the top end talent yep. teams and have enough depth. Um, and if they drop one of those testing. receivers for a month, I think Quentin Johnson's ready too. to play. You yeah, know, he Josh played Ball. a lot in this preseason. I, I, I'm not, I don't have Quentin Johnson in in redraft or, or season long right now, just because. Um, you know, I think he needs an injury. You could see the preseason snap distribution. He was out there playing while the uh, the established starters were on the bench. Um, but you know, they've, that that helped the depth. Josh Palmer's still around. Josh Palmer played with the starters, not quite. Oh Johnson. yeah, interesting note. Yeah, you know that as well as anyone. You're the Chargers beat writer. Um, but so they've got depth there. And again, I hardly even consider those uh, those defensive players coming back. Um, and and the grand grand improvements they will make to that defense. But that only solidifies my best bet. I'm actually. Um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to bold the plus over 10.5 at plus 140 because I want that to be the best bet. I want okay. one slider bet on the whole thing. So to recap, Jets under 9.5, minus 105. Broncos under 8.5, minus 110. Uh, Chargers over 10.5, plus 140. Those are my Handcuff favorite. receivers. Let's make that a thing next year. You like Quentin Johnson as a handcuff receiver. I like Smith the Jigba. I, I just said I'm not Hammer touching him in any season-long redraft <laughs> nope, leagues. you said it. You love the handcuff receiver. Can't take it back. That, that, uh, that's the kind of thing that depth comes into play when thinking of team total over-unders, but it yeah. doesn't do much for me on the fantasy spectrum. Here. Wrong. We're, we're going to make it a thing. You and I, we're pioneering this concept, Jake. Don't we're going to pioneer I'll by carry, arguing carry, about it every week. <laughs> um, I had already mentioned it. Raiders over-under. I love the under on that. Uh, I, I'm not saying it's a best bet. I think the Raiders are going to stink. I, I will take them as the number one overall team next year, plus 1,300. I really do like under uh, four and a half at plus 250, doing that slatter scale. Uh, I had mentioned it, Broncos, Texans, Panthers, Bears, all under. So five, including the Raiders. Uh, you couldn't parlay that, which is fine. Yeah, Panthers There's under probably a big half. reason I'm missing for not being able to parlay these because maybe it's considered the same bet in some situations. Right. Like if one team in the same division you take over and another under. But there's, I don't know, there's got to be some sports books that do it. If anyone does it, you know, Circa's not afraid of taking sharp action. That's true. Um, the, shut, shut our boys up. The, uh, for my best bets, I'm just taking the unders on all Raiders, mm-hmm. Broncos, Texans, Broncos, Panthers, Bears. Broncos, Texans, Panthers. Panthers is one of my favorite. They're very close to making my best bets. Yep. I don't know where seven and a half comes from, even in that terrible, terrible division. Um, and I love the Bears as much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so, I love and, the Bears as well. If you if you want additional money of those five teams, 
Panthers under five and a half at plus two fifty. I like a lot. Mm-hmm. And Broncos so under yeah. six and a half for plus two thirty five. So I you're like all that. you're all unders basically across the board. Yep, that, on those. You're, you're on not those, a life's I, too short to bet the under guy. For our for our records, I want the best bets to be the unders on their win totals yep. we discussed. Mm-hmm. But if you really like the the juice, right, you get the plus two thirty plus two fifty on Panthers Broncos, yep. um, respectively. So that does it for us. That's the over under win total. It's logged. It's clocked in. Uh, we'll have the updated win loss record over the course of now the third year doing this when the season concludes. But that also clocks the last of our off season podcast next week. It's week zero. Waiver wire pickups, Luke Musgrave. We could put him on the, the cover boy right now. I love him a lot. Uh, and and it's time. It's, it's go time. We will have NFL football starting next week. I cannot wait, Jake. I'm super excited. I know. This is the meat and potatoes. The I, We always call it the most important fantasy football podcast you listen to all year, week long. Uh, you know, Football is tough because you have to have a good draft to win leagues. It's not like uh, Fab's the same as it is with baseball, but man, free agent pickups are pretty dang important. If you're staying active on the waiver wire, you're going to at least give yourself a chance to make the playoffs, no matter how much you bombed your draft. And then, uh, you know, you never know. You could catch fire in the playoffs here. So uh, we'll help you recover from any bad drafts and uh, help you maintain your first place status with any good drafts by identifying the top waiver wire ads and drops every week. I can't wait to do that. What is this? Five years in running, four years. Yeah. I think, I think yeah, five, it's been a while. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've done, I wonder how many episodes we've done together. It's gotta be at least a hundred at this point. We're creeping up it's on close. it. Anyway, close someone, dude, sure. someone tallied up there for, you know, producer <laughs> anyway, but no, this is, this has been a pleasure. We, it's, it's sometimes a challenge to get through these off season shows, trying to come mm-hmm. up with fresh, unique topics that aren't being rehashed at all throughout the industry. But, uh, I think we did a pretty good job this year, hopefully making some entertaining content for y'all. Hopefully go out and win some NFL futures and, uh, uh, and best of luck to everybody. Yeah. All right. Next week, week zero waiver wire pickups. Can't wait. Thanks everyone for listening.